Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Welcome, one and all. An all-in-one. I mean, this sort of is an all-in-one podcast. <laughs> Get everything you need, you know? It is. It really is. One-stop shop, talking to you all pre-haircut. He's going to be a new man. I have not had my haircut since November 2nd. Boy, oh boy. 2021. Wow. It is May 22nd, 2022. Wow. I think it's honestly the longest between haircuts I've ever gone. Like in your life? Yes. Wow. Uh, the curls are out of control. They are curly. The hair is bothering me because well, it's like, you know, touching my ears, which I'm not, mm-hmm. not used to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I feel like it's not, you know, my state of mind has been, I would say, not helped by my hair. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. I get that. Big. You need a, you need a pick. Sunday. You need to pick me up. I need to feel like a natural woman, you know? Oh, sure. Need some Vidal Sassoon. Yeah. Because if they don't look good, I don't look good. Or something like that. (laughs) Maybe she's born with it. Maybe. It's Vidal Sassoon. Ugh, yeah. Anyway, how are you, Dory? Um, How was your birthday? We're back. We returned from your birthday adventure. We have returned from my birthday adventure. I had a nice time. Um, you don't sound that convinced. <laughs> well, I did get my cake the next day. Yeah, but you got it in the morning, and it was a surprise. So like, I feel like it was pretty good, because you expected the cake on your birthday. <laughs> Am I not wrong? Good cover-up. Did you expect the cake on your birthday? Um, also, Henry had said he was going to make me a card, and then he didn't. Yeah, Henry refused. <laughs> he was too into Zingo. Just kidding. What? 
That came after my birthday. I know. Now he's too into Zingo. So no one's ever getting a card again. Wow. We um we neglected to bring any toys with us to Santa Barbara. Yeah, he kind of like it's a new era in uh Henry Dum. In vacationing with a child. It's an it's it's one where the child actually plays with toys. And you forget to pack them. Mm-hmm. So we went to the toy store. Yes. The like boutique toy store that had very lovely toys. Santa Barbara a, baby. Approximately a twenty percent markup. Um and speak and spell, forty six dollars. Yeah, we got I don't know how much it was. No, actually. I don't think it was. Um we got him a bunch of stuff. We got him Zingo. We got him number Zingo. Yeah. Really into that. Which he immediately was like obsessed with we got him a fire truck puzzle with like big pieces that he's also very into yeah um into the speak and spell doesn't can't it's a little advanced for him though for now yeah he can't quite do it um we got him some this clay that he really liked we got him some markers and a pad of paper um that was it yeah but that like that kept him entertained. So that was good. I would argue it kept him more entertained than the zoo. Well, the zoo he just like wanted to play in their playground. Yeah. And go up the hill and roll down a thousand times. And knock children over. And knock children over. <laughs> get mad at children if they were trying to play with the thing he was trying to play with <laughs> i mean look he's three he's three and an only child so yeah sharing is uh not caring with him yeah um and yeah we we went out uh for like we went out to a nice pizza restaurant for my birthday dinner henry really enjoyed it yes you know who I saw when we were at the pizza thing? Josh Charles. Oh. But I, I was like trying to... Remember his name? Yeah. And like I was going to say, hey, you know who that is? And then I was like, I don't even know how to explain this to you. I know who Josh Charles is. I know, is. but like I was like trying to figure out the thing that I could be like, he's from, he's in the... Oh, sure. Um I was like... Well, you could have just he's said... He's in Wet Hot American Summer, the sh- TV show they did You could have just said Josh Charles, and I would I didn't know known. his name. Oh, I see, I Sorry, see. Sorry, Josh. Um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely listening. I don't think he is, because I saw him unhappily carrying two children. Oh. So he's like, I don't know. I don't yeah, need IVF. I, I get, get this yeah, covered. I get that. Maybe he did need IVF. Maybe. Maybe. And whatever. Um, he looked beleaguered. Henry loves restaurant pizza. <laughs> he ate, he's, he, I mean, it's, um, shocking to watch him go through a, a, a tiny personal pizza. It's not like a personal pan pizza. It's just a personal pizza. You know, personal pan obviously is a pizza hut thing. But yeah, he, he just goes to town. Yeah. He ate. All of a pizza except for the one piece I ate. Yeah, but it was a it was a kids pizza. Then he had then he was like, then I turn around there at ice cream. They're getting ice cream. Mm, yeah, I was just like, uh oh, what didn't, is happening? He didn't eat all of it though, and there was no there was no throw up. Home run again. So we nailed it. He got to he got to meet Scott Mosier. Yes, he was pantsless when Scott. Wait, wasn't he? No. He was pantsless when Scott's wife walked by. When Alex came by, he was pantsless. Yes. I think when Scott came by, he was just underwear. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, you know, it was great. We didn't record a Phoebe, but uh, probably could have. Yeah, you probably could have. (laughs) Anyway, uh, convenient vacationing near Scott's house. Literally. Accidental. Down the street. Accidental. Yeah. Um, no, but it was, it was nice to see Scott. Um, and Alex. And Alex. And their new dog. And their new dog. Um, but yeah. So would you rate your vacation out of seven, a six? Yeah. (laughs) Great. Six out of seven sounds better than eight out of 10. 
or seven out of ten. I would have given I mean? it. I would have given it a nine out of ten. Whoa. Yeah. And then I would like to do it on a scale of one to ten, please. Okay. <laughs> nine out of ten does sound better than yeah. six out of seven. Exactly. But uh, yeah, it was your birthday. You know, you you turned the big four five finally. Mm-hmm. Um, after years of being forty four. Yep. As far as I was concerned, I always thought you were 44 for some reason. Like the second you turned 40 in my brain, you were like 44. Wow. Thanks. I don't know why. Hmm, interesting. But I mean, honestly, you're ageless to me, oh. but that age is 44. Sure. You're always, <laughs> you're always going to be 44. Forever 44. That maybe should be the name of the podcast. Okay. Now. Good to know. Um, but yeah, you wanted to do something. Because, you know, you called it a significant birthday. Milestone birthday. Um, And we landed on, well, I landed on, let me take her north to a temperate climate. <laughs> oh, the weather was beautiful. It really was. It was spectacularly not hot mm-hmm. and not that cold. Yeah. So thumbs up to me. Good job, you. And to whatever county Santa Barbara is in. I think it's Santa Barbara County. Way to go, Santa Barbara <laughs> County. Um, yeah, and I think Henry had fun. And he wasn't, I was afraid he was going to reject the pack and play. Because he's too no. big for it. Yeah, he is. Um, but. but he did not. He, he just had to judiciously get rid of some stuffed animals. Yeah, I did. I had to tell him Corduroy couldn't come because Corduroy is like half the size of that. Oh, but like even when he got in the packet play, he he took them out. Out. Yeah, but he kept the books. Yeah. (laughs) I said, oh, I was like, oh, it's really cozy. And then he was like, it's cozy. (laughs) And he's like, he had this little stuffy nose thing that he then gave to me. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't come back from anywhere without getting some sickness that is somehow not COVID. Yeah whatever you sound better today yeah yeah i do anyone who wants to hear how i sounded terrible just go listen to the last three episodes of star trek the next conversation oh there he goes (laughs) there it is is. uh psychosomatic coughing yeah yeah but yeah so we're back we're waiting now on uh dory to have uh her visitor on flow and then we'll do some transfers. We got some mosaic news. Right. The <laughs> right. The, the podcast. The podcast. The embryos that we asked them to retro mosaic, we got the results and none of them are mosaic. So they're all abnormal. They're all just weirdos. They're all just abnormals, yeah. Which I mean, I'm not that normal. That's true. So So what's the plan? What are we throwing in there? What what's what are we tossing up there? We have what two, are we what are we hopefully throwing down the center of the strike zone? I think we have two high level mosaic embryos, uh-huh. and we're gonna put both of them in. And that's it. That's all. Yeah, that's all we got. Yeah, can't put the abnormals in. I mean, there are clinics that will transfer abnormals. Our clinic is not one of them yet. There could be a piece of I know. research that comes out in the next three days. I know, and then she'll be like, "Okay, I know." Let's say that it was like, "Yeah, okay." Would you put like five in at once? Well, you know what? I I would feel comfortable putting in um, embryos that had something that was not survivable. Because if it's not survivable, then it will either self-correct or it was like wrong. The test was wrong or whatever. Yeah. Or it won't implant. Mm Mm-hmm. If you transfer something that is survivable, then you really do run the risk of having a child with a genetic mm-hmm. um, disease, which, you know, I think if you have the foreknowledge, I personally would prefer not to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what that, I think that's what I would do. Although like, you know, at some point, when do you like, when do you call it? I don't know. People keep listening to the podcast, so. So we just got to keep going. Keep trying. Yeah. Until who knows. <laughs> um, I mean, look. DB, Dr. Brown, was like, hey, look at all those follicles. I know. So you never know here with this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Could, you know, my sperm's better. Dory's follicles have somehow returned. Yeah. Who knows? 
Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Seven, eight kids. Look out. Look out, Caracol, Louisiana. Here we come. (laughs) I mean, I think we... I feel like there's a 50-50 chance that we'll have one more kid. Okay. You know how you know how I feel about it. No. I need uh, someone to finish Henry's theme park if he dies. Oh yeah, like Walt and his yeah, brother. Yeah. So, or if you know the other kid wants to start a theme, have a theme park, right? Someone's got to stick around to finish it. Yeah, totally. So, we'll see. And Bo sadly will not be around to finish it. Oh, he could be. You never know. He seems to not change. He is very static. He is very much like <laughs> the same big doofus. You know, when I picked him up from daycare the other day, the guy who brought him out was a new guy who I had never met before. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, Bo is such a sweet dog. We love Bo. Like, and he was like going on and on about Bo. And I was like, I was like, yeah, Bo loves who he loves. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> It is true, but like you know, like when I went in the house the other day to nap mm-hmm. and was sick, he had come. You brought him home, and he jumped up on the he, bed. And he jumped up on yeah, the bed, which he like never does. And he only does it when I'm sick. When you're sick, because he knows that yeah. I'm sick. And he so was he's like, like he was like licking and nuzzling you. Yeah, he's like, let me help. Yeah. So, but it's very sweet until he barrels you over in the driveway, which he did to Henry last night. Yes. I was getting ready to go. Our preschool had like a fundraiser art auction thing. The art in this case being the art made by the children. Um, Matt was not going because he was still coughing. Um, Anyway, I'm like almost ready to go. And then here I hear like blood curdling screams. Yeah. (laughs) Hysterical crying. And Henry had been knocked over by Bo and hit his head on the driveway. And I was like, oh, buddy. Like, which is like the thing that we always, because Bo gets these fucking crazy bursts. Yeah. Of, I'm going to be a puppy and play. Like once every. Oh, I would say three or four times a week. He makes yeah. it. And then he's just bounds, like he bounds up and down the driveway. Yeah. At, a, at, at top Very dog fast. speed. Yeah. And he's 80 and he's pounds. He's a fast dog. <laughs> so if you get knocked down by Bo. So if you're not looking. Yeah. Um, And I was like, Oh, I could end up taking him to the ER, like in my nice dress and makeup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but fortunately, so we had to we had to like he was fine. I you put, know, try to make sure he didn't have a concussion. concussion. Holly was here to help with bedtime because I was sick, which wound up being Henry decided that I would do everything. <laughs> um, and I offered him a popsicle. He started eating the popsicle. And he's like, maybe two make me feel better. <laughs> uh, and I'd put some frozen corn on the back of his head to like. Oh, my God. And he was when, very into when the I corn. Took the, when I took the frozen corn away to put back in the freezer, he lost his mind and wanted the corn back. Well, he asked for the corn again today. Yes. And he also <laughs> wants to eat the corn. <laughs> But he wants to eat it frozen. Frozen. I was like, well, I have to cook it. And he was like, why? <laughs> um, but like I asked him what the date was, which he yeah. knew and what time it was and where he was. And he said, right here. Yeah. <laughs> where are you right now? Right here. <laughs> and I was like, I guess you passed all the cognitive tests. You're good to go. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, all right. Well, that's like pretty much what's going on with us. Yep. We're going to take a break, but before we do, just a reminder that you can email us at dorianmatt at gmail or Matt and Dory gmail, and you can call us at 413-461-BABY. Yes, we'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. 
How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. And we're back from nowhere. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hope you all enjoyed our downer of an episode last week. Where we just talked about the world being terrible. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, let's see what's happening out there. Okay, let's do it. We're going to kick things off with um, a real uh, not uplifting email, I'm going to be honest. Look, you get what you put in. (laughs) This is from Lisa. She says, Dear Doreen Matt, hi, it's Lisa. I've been thinking a lot about IVF in a post-Row world. There will be debates and decisions about the legal status of embryos, but it's not like this is a new moral question. There are people who are either anti-abortion or religious or for other reasons who do IVF, and they may not want to discard embryos or donate them to science. I wanted to know whether you or your listeners have heard what actions people take to square their beliefs with IVF. Perhaps some of your listeners themselves have had to grapple with this decision. An RE I spoke with told me something interesting. Some of his patients have a kind of workaround. They will transfer embryos during a time of the month that is inhospitable to pregnancy, basically during a woman's period or something when it's all but impossible to get pregnant. If they do get pregnant, it would be a miracle, which I guess is what they'd be after. It seems a bit like cheating, though, like how some Jewish people have ways to get around Shabbat rules without completely upending their lives, (laughs) like putting timers on lights or taking a Shabbat elevator that stops at every floor so they don't technically have to do the work of pressing a button. Another question I've been wondering is whether PGS normal embryos in these scenarios would be treated differently from abnormal or even mosaic embryos. For someone paying close attention to their state legislature's debates, has this level of detail come up? Thanks so much, Lisa, in our home in Dubai, where I live with my husband and two and a half year old daughter conceived via IVF. We would have had a 40 inch or so TV. But when we moved recently, I used the wrong cord to plug it in and it blew up. Oh, boy. So we watch TV on my laptop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's a cautionary tale. Look, it's the it's the it's the Hertz, you know. Yeah, you got to watch the Hertz. Or the what is it? 
It's the 110, 210 voltage probably is what did that. They've lived in Dubai for a while. So, yeah, but if you use the wrong plug. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, Yeah, I mean, these are all good questions. <laughs> I have heard of the... Do they... Do they call it the compassionate transfer? I uh, people I mean, have that sounds discompassionate towards uh, the embryos. People have written in about this before. Um, this method of transferring an embryo during a time of the month where you know it's not going to result in a pregnancy. I mean, what a waste of the doctor's time. Well, that's the thing. It's like if this becomes standard practice, doctors are going to have to do all these transfers that they know aren't going to work like that. I feel like if I were a doctor, that would be really demoralizing. Also wouldn't do great things for their numbers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, would they, would they like indicate, well, this wasn't a real transfer. Right. <laughs> Ugh. And like, also like, you know, I wouldn't, I guess you could just put in like your, all, all of your remaining embryos at once or something. But I wouldn't want to go through like, you know, if I had like 10 embryos left, let's say I wouldn't want to go through 10 transfers. <laughs> so maybe they would just throw them all in. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like, ugh, what a well, mess. That, even that is like, that's not, that's not, that's putting the patient at risk then. Because, you know, what if all 10 took? Yeah, but they're doing it at a time of the month where it's like. I know, but. Basically impossible. Things, it's basically impossible, but it's like anything. Sure. Nothing's 100%. I did just hear a friend of a friend. Oh, these are the best and most uh, believable stories. Is pregnant with twins, one of whom was from an embryo transfer and one of whom was because she and her husband had sex during that period. Now, my question, and my friend has not been able to get a satisfactory answer out of her friend about this, but, and maybe this is like a really dumb question, but like, okay, if you are, if you're having sex, like, pr let's say pre-transfer, and an egg fertilizes, mm -hmm. how do they not, do they know not to take that egg out? Like, where does that egg go? Well, if the egg fertilizes, it's no longer an egg, it becomes an embryo. Right, and I guess it goes... It, it, it goes, it implants itself on yeah. the wall of the uterus. Right. And no longer is where the other and no eggs longer, are. Right. So it's not there anymore. This is interesting that I'm having to explain this to you. <laughs> well, I was a little confused, but now this makes a lot more sense. Here we are. We've, we've, I've passed some sort of impasse with this podcast where now I'm explaining how a lady works. Yep. Thank Congratulations, you. Congratulations, Matt. <laughs> You've done it. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, I don't, and to answer your next question, I don't think that this level of detail has come up partly because like the people making these laws are these generally 10, I feel like they tend to be these like older men who have a very tenuous grasp on anything having to do with reproduction, the let grasp. alone That's generous, let alone IVF. And so I'll tell you what, they couldn't have answered the question you just had. No, they couldn't have. <laughs> it was funny though. As I was saying it, I was like, Oh yeah. Well, you know, like you I got just needed to talk own. it through. And that's, I think that's sometimes your own brain is the best problem solver, honey. Mm. Especially yours. 44 years young. Forever 44. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, Matt, do you want to read this next email from Anonymous? Sure. Hello, exclamation point. Hello. I wrote in a few months ago <laughs> about my surrogacy experience, but I too was rejected by fertility clinics in Denver. I'm single, childless by choice, but wanted to be a surrogate for my friends. When we started reaching out to fertility clinics, we quickly realized that they all required that surrogates have at least one successful pre pregnancies, and in many cases also required them to have at least one child of their own. It was always my intention to be my friend's egg donor and gestational carrier, which we learned was called the traditional surrogate. So we were reaching out to the fertility clinics to find out if they could do anything to help us do an IUI. After we realized none of them would uh, work for, with us, we got lucky and stumbled upon two fertility lawyers in Denver. Uh, Judith Hochs, that's H-O-E-C-H-S-T, and Laura Koppel, or Koppel, K-O-P-E-L, uh, 
that have a lot of experience in assisted reproductive law and have done many traditional surrogacy agreements. They gave us a clear understanding of the legal process, put us in touch with the right people to complete all the medical, psychological, financial screenings that would usually be done by a fertility clinic or agency. All this is to say that if you're rejected by a fertility clinic, but you still want to carry a child for someone, it's possible. Traditional surrogacy isn't for everyone, and I think it takes a very specific personality type and support system to be able to do it successfully. Helping my friends become parents will always be one of my greatest experiences of my life, but we all entered into the arrangement with open lines of communication to be very clear boundary and expectations. Uh, feel free to put the color. Collar in touch via email. Sign up for Matt. That's me. We did a turkey baster method, but with an overpriced home insemination syringe. <laughs> I wanted to use the free syringe that you get at the pharmacy with the liquid medication intended for patients felt like being fancy for the record. That's Henry. He loves that thing now. The only difference between the home insemination syringe and the free syringe from the pharmacy was the rounded tip. Big ripoff. <laughs> it's all good to know. Yeah. Uh, this brings me to question for myself. Now that I've had a successful pregnancy, I am able to be a gestational character through a fertility clinic, but recently found another family that was looking to do, uh, looking for GC to carry their next child. They already have embryos created genetically tested, uh, and this time I will be the gestational carrier. I did my first surrogacy altruistically, uh, which means the intended parents covered surrogacy-related expenses, and I received a $200 a month allowance for incidentals during the pregnancy, but I was not compensated the usual 30 to 40 k that a surrogate uh, would have received because they were my dear friends and I, uh, it was really something I wanted to do for them. Big reason why I want to be a surrogate again is because I enjoyed having a platform to be an advocate for non-traditional families. Plan on becoming a single mom through foster parenting or adoption in a few years and people were so confused as to why I would be a surrogate for a family when I'm such an advocate for adoption. I loved being able to explain to people that uh, what I learned from the podcast, which is everyone's fertility journey is different and no one should ever feel like they need to justify how they choose to build their family. That being said, the topic of compensation came up recently and I intended, and the intended parents told me that they admired that I waived the gestational carrier compensation for my friends. They were not expecting me to do that for them and they fully intend to be compensating me. I let them know that I appreciated that, but I would not be charging them the going rate of 30 to 40 K. I instead would charge them $400,000. Wow. I lied. That part's not in the email. <laughs> uh, but we'd land on something that we both thought was fair. After that conversation, I've been struggling to come to terms with the idea of being paid at all. I want to carry them, uh, their embryo, because I want to be, I think they'll be wonderful parents, and I think it's unfair uh, that they don't have a working uterus between them so, to do so. I can't help but feel like accepting compensation would take away from being the reason uh, why I wanted to do this for them. Assisted reproduction is so unfairly expensive that it feels like if I'm compensated, it makes me part of the problem rather than the solution. Boy, this is <laughs> altruistic to a fault, I would say, is this email. Uh, I should also add that I don't want to disparage anyone seeking to be compensated during surrogacy or gestational character. Being pregnant is hard. I fully respect surrogacy that can be arranged... Uh, be an arrangement that's mutually beneficial to both the GC and the intended parents. I'm asking this question in the hopes that someone will offer, will help me reframe the narrative, a la Forever 45, uh, to be able to accept a fair level of compensation without feeling guilty. Well, the podcast would have been a surrogate the last time or this time without hearing your stories. It would not have been, rather. It's from Anonymous. Uh, with uh, 1,900 square feet, Adult, two rescue dogs, one Costco hot dog consumed uh, just to have a hot dog count, 10-inch <laughs> TV, because I only watch things on my iPad. Interesting. Listener, I... Take the money and run. Uh, yeah. I, I gotta say, you should take the money, it, because you don't know what's gonna happen with this pregnancy, with this family, like, this is... You know, it, it's amazing that you're doing this, but it ultimately, it it is a business arrangement and you should be compensated they're, for it. They're renting your uterus. They are. And like, just like an Airbnb, you know, you want to give someone a roof. You want them to have a lovely time in your city. But at the same time, you also have to pay your mortgage and, you know, upkeep and cleaning fees, etc. So... 
you know, there are costs associated with living and costs associated with carrying a child healthfully. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And uh, I think that that money should be used to help you have a successful pregnancy i.e. make you comfortable yes a comfortable pregnant lady makes for a better pregnant lady also you know i feel like you you've already done something that so few people do you already were an altruistic surrogate and i know you say that you know you're that you'd land on something you both thought was fair but now you say you're you're struggling to come to terms with the idea of being paid at all and like I feel like you have you have so much you've put so much into the karma bank. Like you know what? Why don't you land on five K a month for the duration of the pregnancy? It's not thirty or forty thousand. It's much it's more. It's probably more. <laughs> it's forty five thousand. Forty five thousand. Twenty five hundred a month then. Uh, <laughs> How's that? Does that sound better? Uh sure. Um yeah, but you know, thank you for doing this because it's it's a real it's amazing. It's an amazing thing to do for for anyone. All right. Um, should we take another short break? Also, I would say have them pay you so you can get a bigger iPad. Oh, good point. You know, point. maybe get yourself a 12.9 iPad Pro to mm. watch your TV on. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Then you can update that the next mm-hmm. time you send an email. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good idea. I'm so smart. You are. Okay, um, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. And we're back. So last week we heard from a listener who was struggling with the idea of being child-free, not by choice. Mm -hmm. We heard from a couple listeners um, about this. So the first email is from Krista. Hi, Matt and Dory, Henry and Bo. I'm a child-free, not by choice listener who has never stopped listening. Hi, Catherine in Toronto. Our quick backstory, we started trying in 2015 at age 29. After a year with not even a hint of a positive test, we went looking for an RE. We have been to both clinics in our area and have seen four doctors to get multiple opinions. We've tried everything from medicated cycles to IUI and IVF. I have a textbook perfect uterus, whatever that means, but my eggs don't seem to be that great. And my husband has good sperm. We've had two embryo transfers, one fresh that failed and one frozen that ended in miscarriage. We don't have any embryos remaining. I think my husband and I are done with IVF. I say think because no specific declaration has been made, but I don't see another try worth it, mostly emotionally. Maybe I just want to leave the door ajar just in case. It's really hard. My thoughts and feelings change daily and are so complex. Shout out to my therapist for helping me work through them all. As someone who grew up wanting nothing more than to be a mom, picturing myself with my husband and children through the rest of my life, it's really difficult to imagine a different future. But I'm doing my best to think about it with optimism and positivity, looking for the silver lining and reframing the narrative. As Dory mentioned, it seems really hard to find a child-free, not-by-choice group. I've done some searching. I'd love to find some people in a similar situation to commiserate with. Thanks for mentioning the subreddit. I'm going to be checking that out. This may seem drastic, but we are considering moving for this and many other reasons. Finding a new community and exploring a new area may be beneficial for us. Thank you for all you do. Your podcast has been a wonderful companion during this infertility adventure. Please don't stop. I genuinely love listening to you both every week. And I'm loving the Henry guest visits. Just adorable. Krista in mid-Missouri. I hear him. Yeah, I do too. In 1,800 square feet with my husband and three rescue cats. Two hot dogs so far this year. I like mine Chicago style. No. I anticipate more as summer approaches. Three TVs in our house, a 55-inch in the living room, and two 40-inch in my husband's game room so he can game and watch sports at the same time. Dory walked in on Henry and I doing exactly that. (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) We had a baseball game going. Red Sox are on. Mm -hmm. And Henry was uh, wanted to... 
hit the ball on the PlayStation. So I set up a little home run derby for him. Mm-hmm. And I was honestly, shockingly, he's shockingly not bad at it. <laughs> he has good hand-eye coordination. Yeah. Uh, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <sighs> if you want to commiserate, we should start an off- offshoot group. Facebook, face group book, you know. Oh, an offshoot. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Childless not by choice. Yeah. Through excellent adventure. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a reasonable mm-hmm. ask. Yeah. So, you know, get out there. <laughs> Um, thank you for writing in, Krista. Um, all right. We got another email about this from Helen. Do you want to read this one? Sure. Hope you're all doing well. Thanks for all you do. Pause the pod to respond to Catherine. What's happening? Oh, Doris headphones. Well, that was a little inside information. Her cable was tangled. Anyway. Uh, responding to Catherine in Toronto asked but listeners about a childless after infertility I did I'm still listening I wrote in about a year ago answering a similar signal so I'm be the only one but I'm happy to be an envoy uh, from the childless after infertility world my partner and I decided to stop pursuing parenthood in 2020 after about three years of treatments and losses and mounting infertility factor diagnoses uh, it was an extremely difficult decision to make but it was the best choice for us still hard and we're still grieving but we're moving forward and building a different life and enjoying some freedoms we likely wouldn't have had if we ended up having kids my partner and i do not regret our decision even though well-meaning friends and family have uh were convinced and probably still are that we would have a child navigating the reactions of friends and family when we stop trying has been one of the most difficult things about being childless after infertility i've heard that from 99 percent of people that I've connected with who are childless. That seems to be a common difficulty factor. Uh, I have some non-Reddit suggestions for to start looking into what life could look like if Kath- uh, Catherine or, or any other listeners are decided to stop trying. It's pretty consistent activity around childlessness on Instagram. You can search childless after infertility. It's, these are hashtags. Childless not by choice child-free after infertility, and I recommend following these folks slash accounts on social to start. Jody Day, Chasing Creation, Yvonne John, Tanya Hubbard, Double B, uh, and Misconception Coach. Well, that's clever. Uh, Ending your journey without children is an option. You're not alone. Lots of wonderful people uh, on this side who share how they've built a different but still fulfilling life without kids. Thanks for the pod. That's Helen, 1,300 square feet, Oregon, husband, dog, two cats. She doesn't eat hot dogs. Husband's probably had three so far in 2022. And they recently upgraded from a 30-inch TV to a 50-inch TV. Interesting. You stopped at 50. Um, thank you. And thank you for all of these. I'm seeing no correlation here, by the way, in childlessness and TV size, so... Yeah, no, me neither. I assumed it would be like childless, eight hundred square inch television. No, because it's like you know, don't have to worry about paying for college. Might as well get a giant television. <laughs> um, thank you for these resources. Also, very helpful. Um, okay. Hmm. Let's hear from Audrey. Let's. Hi, Dory, Matt, Henry, and Bo. I've been listening since 2017. Just looked up the date on the Cup of Joe post where I heard, where I learned about you guys and have never written in despite thinking about it many, many times. In 2017, I was a medical student on a nine-month rural, 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 <laughs> rotation in the middle of nowhere and your podcast kept me company when I was bored and lonely. Since then, I decided to go into obstetrics and gynecology, matched into an OBGYN residency program, got engaged, had fallopian tube torsion that resulted in an emergency surgery to remove the tube while I was on call at the hospital, got pregnant and had two miscarriages, decided I wanted to become an REI, 
found out my recurrent pregnancy loss was due to a balanced translocation, went through two rounds of IVF to bank some embryos, transferred and got pregnant with one of those embryos, matched into an REI fellowship and had our science baby who is now seven weeks old and chilling in a baby carrier on me now. I'm a few weeks away from finishing residency, after which I'll be starting fellowship. I've loved listening to the two of you for five years now, and your podcast has only gotten more relevant to my life with time. Not much to say other than thank you for being open about the process of building your family. Hearing yours and others' experiences has done so much for me on both a personal and professional level. Best of luck on your upcoming transfer. Audrey, in maybe 1,200 square feet, two adults, one science baby, maybe one hot dog this year, a small TV, literally a repurposed computer monitor. People are weird. I don't understand this. P.S. I don't remember if anyone has ever addressed this, but I remember there being some confusion about the term REI, not the outdoor store on the podcast at one point. Recreational Equipment Incorporated. While you would probably refer to your IVF doctor as as a reproductive endocrinologist, if you were to say the full term, REI stands for Reproductive Endocrinology and Infertility, the Mm. name of the specialty and fellowship. And despite... It not really making grammatical sense to say someone is a reproductive endocrinologist and infertility. It's most common in the medical community to abbreviate the title of an IVF doctor by calling them NREI. This is such such minutia that I'm sure you don't care, but it's like one of a thousand times. I've had the answer to a random question that's been asked on the pod. And since I'm already writing this email, I figured I could include it now. I think my dad used to call REI really expensive inventory. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Yeah, yeah. Good, dad. good dad joke. Good dad joke. Um, thank you. Well, I, you know, congratulations on the birth of your child. And then remember EMS, Eastern Mountain Sports? Yeah, I do. They used to call it Extra Money Store. Whoa. <laughs> dad. <laughs> um, and thanks for listening. Appreciate, appreciate you. And appreciate this explanation of REI, which I never knew. And also appreciate that you are doing so long things to become doctor person. (laughs) Good God. Wow. It just takes so long. Um, Matt, do you want to read this next email from Beth? Uh, My answer has to be yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Matt, thought you'd like to know what the weather is like. Uh, It's trying to be uh, spring-like here in Edmonton. Farmer's Market starts again this Tuesday. I'm craving hot dogs so much, and I'm delighted to say that I plan on hitting up the market to pick up some hot dogs, natural casing, and pork made by a local uh, Hutterite colony. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. I plan to barbecue them. Love how they get crispy and then split. Oh, that's interesting. I like to do the splitting with my teeth. We're different. Uh, and then I eat them on some buns. Uh, I'm prepping today bake off as I needed them one at a time. Wow. Expect I'll address them in various ways. Definitely some French yellow mustard at some point. Possibly with a dreamy creamy dill mustard. Just so yummy. Maybe some cheeses sometimes. Cheddar likely. I think that we are out of what I call plastic cheese. Well, that's what AJ calls it as well on the Disney food blog. And maybe the odd crispy jalapeno or a squirt of ketchup. TBD. Anyway, I'm 100% sure each one will be worth the 37 minutes of lost life. That's Beth. From Do you mean the amount of time you're taking to prep it as well as the amount it takes off your life? Hmm. Well, interesting. Good question. That's Beth from Edmonton. 650 square feet. Husband, two cats, two Costco dogs this year. Uh, we know from this text that the number is going to jump this week. Pretty excited about it. <laughs> yes, love the Henry segments. I'm curious if you're still making music together or if my suggestion for Dory to get a head start has been working out. Please don't quit the pod. And a plea to other listeners to keep writing in about IVF stuff. It isn't impacting my life directly, but it's helping me interact with the others who in my life who are impacted by IVF. Uh, Beth, great email. I'm excited about your hot dog adventures. <laughs> up in the great white north and um well you know dory and i musically have moved in different directions you know we just weren't vibing musically (laughs) matt has taken up the piano (laughs) matt has not taken up the piano matt is fumfering around the piano but i do like the idea of the piano um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting. It works different muscles. Yeah. Also, it's fun to, when your hands start to work. Yeah. Cause they don't work at first. Right. And it's also like the whole like boogie woogie thing with your 
you know, an oscillating left mm-hmm. hand, that mm-hmm. is no problem for me because right. I'm a lefty. Yeah. So when I'm playing like, you know, some Ben Folds or something, that works. Uh, poorly. I'm not, you know. Although I do think if I had a piano in here, I'd be much better. Well, if my plan comes to fruition, you could have your own piano. <laughs> wow. That's great. Dory's plans, everybody. Um, I, I would like to get a, quote, real piano. She would. Because right now we just have a digital piano. Yeah. Which is, which is totally fine, but... You know, now that I take lessons on a real piano. I'm Digital like, weighted keys, you know. I I'm don't like, know if she's familiar with like the hurt of the ear when a piano goes out of tune. No, I am because I grew up with a piano. That was, was pretty was much tune. always out of tune. <laughs> oh, that's actually something I wouldn't mind learning. How to uh, tune a piano? Yes. I feel like I could easily do that. I agree. All I need is a pitch fork at, pitch fork at 440 hertz. and I guess you probably tune a piano from middle C, I'm guessing. Does anyone out there tune a piano? I bet Let there's I bet there's YouTube videos. <sighs> you way to rain on my parade of the world's slowest message board. Oh, sorry. Uh anyway, thank you for the email, Beth. I look forward to hearing about those hot dogs. Indeed. All right. Um our last email is from Julie who says, just wanted to let you know we cannot hear your AC. Keep it on instead of being uncomfortably warm. I disagree. You can't hear it because it's not on. Exactly. So when my when that AC's on, I hear it in the background humming along like crazy. Julie is in Pennsylvania in 1,100 square feet with three adults. She lives with her elderly parents, mm-hmm. no pets, three TVs, 15-inch in kitchen. Adorable. 42-inch in living room, 31-inch mm-hmm. in my bedroom. I got to say, I'm surprised at these TV sizes. Mm. Generally much smaller than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. <laughs> Thank you for the email. And uh, just about does it for us. But a reminder, you can support the show on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure. Get yourself up to two bonus episodes of us every single month. And uh, thank you to everybody who's already supporting us there. And if you're at the $5 level or above, you get your name right on that podcast each and every month. You also get that back catalog. If you're running out of stuff to listen to, there's so much there. It's redonk. So thanks to the following, Katie Allen and Katie Allen. Katie Regan. Carrie Mills. Carrie L. Kim Mestry. Christopher Fonagy. Lane and Kate Seppala. Laura Bennett. Laura Dodge. Laura Madge. Laura Valls. Laura might need to go on the list of like names that people who want to be anonymous can adopt. Sure. Lauren Cephalo. Lauren Schultz. LFB. Liesel. Lindsay Gish. Linnea Wynn. Lisa Travis. Lydia. Lynn Nugent. Madeline McCarthy. Mara Fass. Marina Breed. Martin Hedegaard-Peterson. Mary Messick. Mary Myra. Mary Jo George. Maude Tremblay. Mackenzie Erickson. Magana Prasad. Melanie Bronbeck. Melinda Phelps. Melissa. Merrill H. Michael Roth. Michelle Salm. Uh, Mike Zydek. Mike, Kim, and Leo. Molly. And Mariah Adamic. Thank you all so very, very much. We'll see you next week. Bye.